Here we go. Ready to start? Yay. I did it. Okay. Uh, didn't we already start? No, we're going to start again. Okay, ready? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, okay. Okay, here we go. Three. You're two, making me nervous, by one. the way. I'm making you nervous? Why? I don't know what you're going to ask me. I don't know what we're going to talk about. I don't know what, what's going to happen. I don't know. Well, this is, this is what I wanted of, to do. This is what I wanted to do. And I'm going to fear of the unknown. That's fine because I think it's a good opportunity to talk about these things. And I feel the same way too, because the reason I wanted to do this first episode, like the first proper episode of this project is because I need your help. And I'm going to ask you two questions. Okay. okay? This is the first one. I'm going to, I'm going to tell you both of the questions. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then maybe we can go from there. Mm -hmm. Number one, okay. did you think that we had a bad or traumatic childhood? And number two, number two, okay. do you think <laughs> that the arts and our creativity was able to heal, help us heal from those difficult experiences that we had, if any? I mean... It's funny that you ask these questions um, just because I've been having a lot of thoughts about our childhood and upbringing these past few weeks or months. Why is that? I've been having a lot of like, I don't know, like, you know, sometimes it's like I wake up in the morning and it's like, why am I here? <laughs> and then it's like, I, I think about when I was a kid and like, I have memories of you babysitting me out of like, just come out of nowhere and things that I thought I forgot about. And I'm like, why am I thinking about all these things? And I'm like, am I, am I traumatized? I'm like, I can't be traumatized because I think we had a pretty good childhood, to be honest. I mean, we in Wyoming where like nothing ever happens, <laughs> but you know, our family life with our parents and, mm. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's weird because I think I, cause I tell myself, I miss my childhood. I miss, I miss Evanston, but I don't miss it now. I miss the way things were before. Yeah. And yeah. so and maybe you're touching on something that I've, I've been feeling for a while too. It's not so much the idea of like trauma because of things that happened because of the way we were treated necessarily. Uh, one might argue that, yes, we had some situations that, that could be considered pretty traumatic, but generally, I think the thing that we've gone through has been almost a generational kind of trauma, where it's a grief that is passed down, a grief that is inherited, and it goes hand mm -hmm. in hand, and this is my thinking, and so this is why I kind of need your help on this. I, I think that it was in part caused by what I'm, what I call the great delusion, right? What I call the creative pursuit. And I use those words because much in the same way that I feel that our dad, who, who is a musician had this, this great impulse to mm -hmm. just be in that world, no matter what, that, that is a thing now that we have received yeah. and that we are carrying with us as well, even though it causes us right. to second guess what we're supposed to be doing because we don't know if it's the right thing or not. And I don't know. Do you think that's, yeah. that's kind of it or, or you don't, cause I, I feel like I have specific memories that, that I kind of suppress <laughs> over the years and I'm like, Oh shit, that was really traumatic. That was not cool at all. But for me, it's mostly mm -hmm. to do with religion. Yeah. It's mostly to do with the um, the correctness of the faith and how, like, my views have never really been aligned with certain parts of that. And that's where I think a lot of a lot of my that's... bad memories come from. Okay, yeah, it's interesting you mention our religious. Uh upbringing background like right before you called me i started reading this uh research study that i found online about 
the impacts of spirituality and religion on mental health. Because <laughs> I'm like, what's going on? But I think it has a lot to do with everything, where we come from, our religious upbringing, yeah, for sure. our parents. But I'm still just trying to kind of figure out some stuff. Um, what the next step is. I mean, is. with that, okay. well, what the next step is, or like, because you mentioned grieving. Like, I, mm -hmm. it's funny you mentioned that because I'm like, if I'm thinking about all these things of my past, maybe I'm just trying to grieve that, you know, like that what used to be because right. mm -hmm. we're not in that anymore. And those were some of the, happiest times i'm not unhappy but um mm -hmm. it was it's it's like <laughs> it yeah it's it's just am i letting go of that am i am i letting go of that you know of that of what i used to know well this is now what that i mean yeah i'm yeah. an adult you're an adult we're now siblings as adults we're not siblings as kids anymore and it's interesting right. and now it's like well i'm the one who's doing everything for me you know, I don't have my mom to like, you know, it's, yeah. it's us doing us now. Yeah. You know, it's like, and I'm like, is this adulthood? Is, is this what I'm supposed to be doing? It doesn't feel happy or it doesn't feel <laughs> well, <it's>, like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I, I think, I don't know. You're in a very tricky situation because you're in California, you're in LA, a place that has been, uh, disturbed quite a bit but like everything has has been offset in such a way because of the pandemic because of the way mm -hmm. that the entertainment industry has been you're you're an actor and trying to make inroads with that requires so much of you that it's it's a lot you know and um yeah. i know we don't talk often about this but i do think that you are doing the right thing and mm -hmm. you are stronger than you know and it's just sometimes you get down and like all of us do and we're like i i don't know if i'm supposed to do this and i had a similar thing too like that recently and maybe this is why i actually want to do this now um okay i can kind of hear you can you hear already. me i don't know what happened but you just stopped i just stopped um hearing what you were saying but oh, weird. okay i know um let me should we start over? <laughs> Can't you just edit the first part into a, I don't I kind, know. I kind of feel like um, I'm, I'm figuring out what to ask you as I go. That's kind of the, the tricky thing because I'm, <laughs> so let I me think start. You were, yeah. I think we were doing good. Okay, good. I good. think we were doing good, so. Because I, I really want to get to why we're doing the things we're doing. Why, okay. why are we choosing this? As the great Ben Kingsley said, this is not a profession. This is not something you do for money. This is a calling. This is yeah. something that we don't have a choice in doing, much like you're pursuing creative expression now. Mm -hmm. um, I'm trying to do this. I'm trying to write and record in the way that I always have, hopefully with a little bit more sophistication. But, I mean, this doesn't go away, right? No, it does not. There are times where I wish that I could just forget about it and do something else because it's so, it just takes so much of, of you. It needs all of your time. It needs all of your attention. It needs all of your money. <laughs> it, yeah. it really just consumes you a hundred percent. So, and then it's like, yeah. Why do you continue? <laughs> because if I don't do it, I will be very unhappy and it, it, that's the thing is like you, I know that if I stop if I stop pursuing if I stop auditioning if I stop um, training for it I will feel like I am I am just completely abandoning my my calling I guess I don't know what else to call do you, it do you ever connect that to our family background do you ever connect that to just us having this long line of musicians that like, is that ever any kind of pressure or expectation or is it just not related at all for you? Actually it's no, no. Like it's actually that are uh, like knowing that my family, everyone is 
an artist, a musician, and that, that this is what they do for a living. It's not that it that I feel the pressure even more, but kind of like a responsibility to yeah. kind of just you're in LA, you are where maybe some of our family members would want to be, or you know, I, I would think that some of them, if they were here in LA, they'd be pursuing this like a hundred and ten percent. And sure. they're not and I'm here like for me to not take advantage of it and you know pursue it would be like not a slap in the face to them but i know that a lot of our family was really proud when i booked my first feature it was and a big deal though that was a really big they deal. were really they were so proud and happy <laughs> i remember like <laughs> You know, just going down, you weren't with me. I went on Halloween before the pandemic and almost like every single one of our family members, whether it was an aunt or an uncle or a cousin or the neighbor was like, oh yeah, you did a movie, congratulations. And it was like, everybody was just like, one of us did it kind of thing. Right, right. So I'm like, and and it's not, and, and I'm not saying, oh, well now I have to do it. No, it's like, okay, this is, my um i don't know what you want to call it but yeah so, i'm gonna keep doing it for them right right and it, not, it was a big deal i mean not it, just for me it came as a shock too because like maddie and i were hanging out over here and then we we knew that you had been auditioning but then we get the call you know we're like you you were calling us and you were freaking out and you said i'm making a movie with steven soderbergh starring meryl streep no I I remember, no, I remember that phone call. Yeah. You tell, like, you tell me then. I rem No, I remember I just said, hey, I booked my first feature, guys. And then Maddie was like, what? And you were in the kitchen and you were like, what? She's like, she booked her, her first feature. And I'm like, yeah. And then I, um, I don't remember what I said next, but like a little bit after, I'm like, do you know who Steven Soderbergh is? And you're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> because you've been watching his films forever he's a and, big deal um, he's a great inspiration yeah and so and you were like brenda <laughs> it's not <laughs> like, like a dream I'm, i mean i yeah, can't imagine and, being and in the, your shoes well the thing that i don't know if i ever told you guys but i called you guys after waiting to hear from them for two months to see if i was if i got the part or not mm-hmm and so I didn't tell anybody for two months that I was waiting to hear if I was going to be filming this That's Netflix, Netflix thing or not. And so it, so I really didn't tell anybody and I didn't want to jinx it either. But once I booked that, I told you, and then I called mom and then, um, I told dad, dad was like, Oh, that's cool. He didn't even know what was going on. <laughs> well, probably. Dad, dad has no context <laughs> for it. You know, he doesn't really think yeah. in those terms. He's not too in the know and then mom didn't it. tell anybody yeah well dad was dad mom didn't tell anybody it wasn't until after it was like the trailer was released like a year later that like you know the family was like oh she's done it and, and then netflix and i'm like yeah <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's <laughs> it's one of those things that um because people are like oh it's my dream i'm like yay congrats but it's not for me personally, it's not just for me, it's for all of us. And maybe so that's, it's like, I, yeah, <laughs> so it's like, I can't, I can't, you know, there's a lot of other things I could do and I've thought about it and I researched other career opportunities, but then I'm like, I can't just stop right now. You know, I'm still here and I just wouldn't feel that great if I just, said oh i'm not gonna be doing this anymore you know i feel like i have a family that's looking at me to see what's going to happen next yeah yeah and i kind of so. feel like that is that is the great driver right the the great imperative where you're like everyone's watching me but when we get through the finish line it's not just me it's the things that obviously it's your hard work and your determination to be there in the first place and mm -hmm. work tirelessly to do what you need to do but at the same time you it's a weird thing, you know, that not a lot of people have in this in this country unless maybe you come from somewhere else and you have that that immigrant mindset in a way where you're like, 
I'm doing this for the ones who came before, or I'm doing this for, for right. them. Right. Right. And mm-hmm. I had that kind of spiritual revelation in the last couple of years, but <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm right there with you. I mean, it's a, it's something that you have to do because you don't have a choice. But I did mean to ask you, when did this start for you? Because I'm pretty sure it may have been when I cast you in my first movie. But you tell me. I mean, maybe you could have been like, I don't want anything to do with this acting shit. Uh, I don't know. No. When was it? Um, when did it's like when, like when did I want to perform for people? Is that, well, I know you. I know you, you wanted know? to perform. I just don't know when you explicitly said I'm going to be an actor. Was that early or was that late? Well, good question. I was asking myself that a few weeks ago because I had this, uh, I was remembering this video that you sent to me a few, a couple years ago. And it was a video that you found of me singing to Selena in our living room. Oh yeah. That was the big back one. Back in Evanston. Yeah. That was your, your Coliseum I, tour that you did in your yeah. head. <laughs> well, I was like, did it start back then? Or did it start when I lost my job in 2016? <laughs> And I needed to make money and I became an extra <laughs> on set. <laughs> so I'm like, which was it? I don't think, I think it just started way back home in, in Evanston mm-hmm. because, you know, seeing dad perform, yeah, you know, and seeing you do theater and knowing that my grandpa tour mariachis, it wasn't the, you know, it just felt like, oh, I should probably get on that pretty soon. It wasn't like... So it wasn't like, oh, let me figure out what to do with my life. It's like, oh, no, here's the the family thing. I guess it's time for me to yeah. fully commit to that. Yeah, pretty much. It's and, and I never really told anybody, and I haven't told anyone that until now. You're actually the first one to ask, but I re- remember that. And I remember seeing, thinking when I was a kid, it's like, oh, my family does this. Yeah. I'm going to do it too, right? Yeah. And that's it. That's basically what it was. And um and then I remember you casting me in your movies and I thought that was an awesome time, honestly. That yeah, was kind that was, of like uh, See, that that was some good know, Steven Soderbergh training for you cuz we were very low key. It, it was you know, like uh very uh to the point. And uh, right, like much like Steven is his own <laughs> cinematographer, I, I think uh, that's something you were that I, your own I really cin- enjoyed. You were back a then. great writer, great director <laughs> back then. And when you um, see, I went from singing in the living room to you know performing in front of your camera, so that was a good and I believe I believe you had killed uh, the like the bunny was coming after you. I'm pretty sure I cast you in that one where there was an evil that was bunny. one of many. Um, then there was one, okay. I got to say there is one that I found recently that I felt really bad about. It was me scaring the shit out of you with just sounds like you, you must've been like four (laughs) or I don't know, maybe maybe seven or eight. And I had the camera and I, I must've just seen the Blair witch project or something. And we Uh went outside. It was kind of windy and cool. One of those fall Wyoming days that was just really blustery. And as we're going Mm -hmm. around the complex, I was like following you and I'm like, Brenda, pretend that there's a spirit around and I'm just going (laughs) to, I was behind the camera and I was just going like, (laughs) and you were like, what the fuck? (laughs) You didn't say that obviously because you were a child. You might've been a, you know, like maybe eight, eight or nine. I don't know. I I can't really remember, but you had a little stuffed animal and I was scaring the crap out of you around the duplex. And I I feel really bad now because that's actually like, child abuse i think so i'm very you're sorry the reason you're the reason i cannot tolerate any pranks from people oh as an adult right now because well, I... i've had i've had friends scare me like that and i literally do not talk to them for no for that's actually genetic because... though because you know maddie Probably, and our son okay. uh they uh they scare me a lot and okay i don't well, like it so well... it's it's just a, a personal thing but <laughs> I, I think that... Um, well, I'm very curious to see that film. I don't remember filming it. I know I did a lot of stuff for you, a lot of films, a lot of acting for you. And <laughs> back then I was like, this is fun. I thought this was the best thing in the world. 
Mm. You know, I thought this was like, you know, I could do this forever in nowhere, Wyoming, <laughs> you know, and it's funny because I never even thought, I never thought I was going to move out. I was going to leave. You thought you were going to stay in Evanston? Yeah. And I don't know how in my mind, I don't know how I, I never even connected the dots why, that why i don't know that? like i mean like i don't you know that our parents like wanted to leave they wanted to to get out of evanston and you just wanted to stick around there i okay so you're saying our parents wanted to leave i didn't know that i honestly didn't think i didn't dad wanted to leave wyoming from the moment he set foot in wyoming okay see well i learned about that <laughs> after i in my senior year of high school, I was like, what, dad? What are you talking about? And then mom was like, what? Okay. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but and, and that's... growing up, oh, but growing up, it's like from, from kindergarten to like early years of high school, you know, I just thought, okay, I'm going to be here forever. <laughs> I love this theater thing. I'm going to just stick around, be involved in my community. I'll make my own movies. I'll make my own projects and it's going to be my life. Hmm. and but i never saw myself leaving ever and it's and it's crazy because when i ended up moving to california and especially los angeles to ending up on a movie set that wasn't my plan at all mm -hmm. and so i also think about that too when i think about doing something else it's like well i kind of you know was I felt like I was placed here, like picked up, like someone literally picked me up and said, just stay right here, Brenda, mm. and figure it out. And I'm like, I'm here for a reason, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, but I also find that you have sort of been making your way there, uh, even if it's not a, I don't want to say like like it was it was meant to be or it was, it was fate or something like that, but I think that you right. started taking those steps because, and maybe this is just me trying to, trying to find a through line to our lives. But when you say stuff like, well, you know, I saw that the family was in this. I saw that this is kind of like our, our default thing that we do. We're performers, we're entertainers. We need to be out there doing stuff, creating things, making people have experiences. Mm -hmm. it, it's almost like you have to follow that instinct naturally. And that's, that's what I'm talking yeah. about. It's, it's kind of like, your your impulse is going to be that one right yeah whether you like to or not and i think that you because it was so commonplace maybe you weren't thinking about it long term but but just no. maybe somewhere you you're going well you know if i go there at least i'll be able to do this or well now like now right now that we're talking about it and even before um the pandemic and i was already auditioning and I did the feature and everything. I was like, it all okay. It all fell into place like this. It it kind of makes sense. But you because felt at it, the time, you felt it solidified. Huh? The moment that happened, like that was the moment when you booked that movie, where you said, "This is a hundred percent where I need to be." Or is there still? Um, no, a little bit before then, when I was um, when I started auditioning, actually, just getting the auditions. And I realized what I was doing, you know, you are, you're auditioning for these things that like, for these projects that I just never thought I would be auditioning for. And it's kind of like, okay, I get it. This is, you know, it makes sense. Everything just kind of like makes sense. You know, I know that before, you know, in a different state completely where none of this ever happens. Now I'm here. And in my mind, I'm like, Brenda, you knew you wanted to pursue this. You knew it was the right thing to do. And you just so happen to be now in the right place to do it. Now you're doing it. So, yeah. Yeah. Do I you, mean, I don't know if that makes sense or not, but. No. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you, you slowly kind of made your way to the right place, which is, which is good. And right. I, this is kind of a weird question because the pandemic like kind of changes the answers or at least it does, it just kind of pulls the rug from under us in a way. Mm -hmm. So I don't know, like, if this is a fair question, but like, what things are you doing now to keep your momentum going in so, your, in your pursuit as an actor? Right. I mean, before, well, there's two, 
answers to this question, I think. But before I was doing everything, like auditioning and some training. And well, now, I mean, it changed for everybody. A lot of a lot of artists have, you know, started creating their own content. A lot of them, you know, training online. Me personally, I actually started writing some more. I started to train basically it's like I felt like I needed to do you know to be involved I just didn't know how else to do it because I'm not someone who's you know I'm still working my way up and I'm thinking well you gotta like I did feel I didn't feel like I had that momentum to be honest so I've been trying to create that and I'm still at that point where I'm like well what can I do but the best that what I've done is just write my ideas I've tried to train. I've, I still get auditions and I've tried to just do the best that I can with those. I still want to do like a web series of my own Mm -hmm. just because, I mean, I need to, I'd like to have never done anything like that. Well, Um, it's a good workout, right? Creating your own content in a way you, you get to know your strengths. And the, the cool thing about that, you get to tailor the work to what you're really good at like what you right what you i mean and you asked yeah. about mom, real quick you asked about momentum and i just think that that just comes and goes you know mm. that just comes and goes you said what am i doing to keep that momentum well sometimes it's just not there other times it just shows up and it just goes and i and i say that because this is just so unpredictable um you know it's like I said, oh, well, I've been, you know, trying to study, trying to write, trying to keep that momentum. But it comes, eventually you're so into that, that Mm. you don't even feel like you have momentum. You're just tired because you're doing something all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And then you feel burned out and then you need a break. No, I get you. But I did feel this, I did have a momentum though, when I booked two gigs um, in early June that felt like momentum because I was given a job like an actual paying acting job like after the pandemic you're like thank god yeah it's like oh my gosh yay and it's when someone else wants you and like casts you and wants to work with you that's when I felt like okay this is momentum now Mm, this is this is it that was like a while back and now now I'm okay I think I still have that momentum because I've been getting good auditions but it's it's starting to fade again. Hmm. It's starting to fade again. And this is where it's like, oh, what do I do with my life yeah. kind of thing again. <laughs> right. But I don't know if any of this answers your question. It, but... it does. Yeah, because it, it's kind of like trying to get into your headspace. Like, where are you at and what's worrying you right now? What's concerning you about this thing that you're chasing? Yeah. So and I and I'm still thinking about what else can I do? to stay more proactive, be involved, uh, know more people, connect with others, you know, that are just like you. I have actor friends. Right. I really do. But there, but there's only a few that I can say are really serious about this. <laughs> well, like, Yeah, that, that's the difficult thing. And one of the reasons why I I have hesitations now just taking on a whole bunch of projects is that I you know me, I'm, I'm a little overzealous. Like I get into these grooves and I say yes to everything. I take on Mm -hmm. everything and I promise the stars on the moon. And then at the end of the day, nothing is really complete. Yeah. And that is one of the things that kind of prevents me from, from going further. But I'm finding that in these situations, it's, it's almost best to just kind of look inward and look at like, Mm -hmm. what do you actually need? And can you create some things on your own to move faster, like to be leaner in the production? Or is there a way to do both of those things? Because I obviously firmly believe that you need to do this with people, especially in your field of like the performing arts Mm -hmm. and acting. You got to do it with people. You got to have the back and forth. And I don't know, like, I I think it's a, it's a tough situation to be in because you got to figure out if you need to move fast to create good content quickly on your own, Mm -hmm. or is this something that's going to have a bigger payoff later 
doing this with multiple people? So it's a, it's a tough I, question. Yeah. You know, I think you can do both. You just have to, like, it. I think it's great, you know, if you find a solid group of people that, you know, you can collaborate, collaborate with. I think it's awesome. And I also think that there's a lot of things you can do on your own. You just kind of have to mm. see whatever works for you. And, well, that's probably not the best answer. But I say that because, you know, there are people that work well together and they do a lot of great things. And then sometimes it just doesn't work out. Mm. There's like, you know, creative differences. But um, for me, me personally, you know, I know I wrote this. There's a one thing that I wrote a while back and I'm like, oh, well, I needed, I want, I'm choosing to do it by myself because to me, that's like a personal choice. It's like, okay, well, I want to do this project, but that's also like a test for me. Like as long as I can complete this, I can, I can do anything and I can work with anybody. Yeah. But there's only, there's a few friends that I do, you know, work with not in creating anything, but it's like, I haven't been able to create anything with a group of people because there's always like that person who's just doesn't know what they're doing. And you know, a little bit more than you, than they do. And then they want you to do everything or you both know what you're doing and you just have creative differences. Right. But that's and then a big it's challenge. Like, I mean, working through those differences to make something yeah. that's, that's truly a combination of the both of you. Cause I, I find that and I'm I'm kind of discovering this now in the age of, you know, online social media, when things move so quickly, it's almost like we have to come in with a clean slate and say, what can we do together? You know, not like yeah. I have this script, let's hash it out. This is my vision. I'm going to need you to do this and this for me. But it's, it needs mm-hmm. to be almost like a communal thing. Let's devise, let's figure out together from the ground up. Because that way it seems like there's there's collective buy-in. Like people are interested more, they have more stake, you know, when they're doing it from the very beginning. Um, yeah. And at right. least I kind of I kind of found that. But now I'm I'm going the other way around too because I I do have the lab, you know, that I'm doing. Like I got that monologue that I wrote for you. I'm working on a lot of other stuff here locally i've re- i i have revisited that by the way yeah. i have not forgotten about your monologue is it still crap so, or is it still awesome it's it's awesome okay good. i really do think it's awesome i remember i don't know if, if you remember that i told you but i'm like are you sure i'm the right person for this <laughs> you know just because well, i thought yeah, it was well it i was without giving much away i think that you are because one of the things that I admire about you, and I hate saying this because I'm your older brother, is that you are so resilient and you speak your mind, even though you bite your tongue sometimes, like you, you really don't want to, you know, vocalize certain things. You have strong opinions when it matters, right? Because it's okay for all of us <laughs> to have like, um, an opinion, yeah, like difference of opinion and sometimes not even care about things. I think that's my problem is. I don't feel the need to manufacture opinions on things. Like sometimes it's okay for me to not care about something and just move mm-hmm. on with my life. But I think that you, much like mom, you have strong opinions and you hold on to those opinions sometimes. And the character is very much like that. And that's almost okay. a survival thing. It's something that kind of helps her keep moving along in this very absurd situation that she's in. <laughs> Um, oh wow and i don't want to give well, much did, away because i still think yeah. we should produce it i think i think, that, I think it is gonna it is going to it's just one of those things that um it's gonna take some time but it's gonna be yeah but it's that, gonna pay but again, off in the end why does it have to take time this is my know. argument this is my big argument with like shorter stuff we're not making a mm-hmm. full-length feature film we're making right. a 10 page monologue which is a lot to ask right. for me because i'm i'm a writer and i'm insane but i love I love those 10 minute monologues and, and saying the actor, it's like, you know, like we're playing tennis mm-hmm. and I serve it for you and yeah. you're going to fucking knock it out of the park. You just have to do it. You just have right. to do it. That's all you got to do. It does. It doesn't and it have will, to be. And it will, you know, it will, but we don't have to think about it too much. That's, that's also, my... I think that's the problem. 
that's my problem is that I think a lot. I think about things way too much. And that's why, mm. you know, I, I'm working on that. But, I'm working on that. But there's there's yeah. an opportunity there to grow, right? To say, yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to do things differently, right? I'm going to do things differently this time around and just not burden the, the text with my own stuff, yeah. right? Just kind of go from from the default response to the words, you know? Right. Um, but yeah, we can keep rambling about that um, whenever you want because we could do that in one sitting. Like if you oh, wanted to sure. like do another session like this, we could pr- actually produce the thing. And I'm, oh, I'm, yeah. still, I'm still a firm believer that you got to do short form stuff. You got to do it quickly, but you got to mm-hmm. have a good idea. You got to have a good, you know, narrative to back it up and and this could be fun you know this could be i think so too i think so too coming soon she said it first she said it here first it's going to be done next week stay tuned great stay (laughs) Stay tuned you're like maybe next year and i'm like next week it's going to be done it's going to be awesome but this is my Uh, problem we'll we'll get it done we'll get it done so i was looking at my list of things Okay. Um, last night, because I'm I'm trying to organize myself. I I don't know if I told you I had a crisis on my birthday. Uh, yeah, I, I think I. Yeah, well, I, yeah, I think I told I, you. Yeah, I was, dude. I was I'm very like, depressed. I, think I was. I figured because you didn't. I said happy birthday, and then you just didn't even see the message. I put and my I'm like, phone There's away. There's something happening. I put yeah. my phone away. I'm I'm fine. I'm good. Um, but I do have these, these lapses, these moments where I feel like things aren't panning out. And after spending such a long time on projects and things, I'm like, I made a mistake. I'm spreading myself too thin. I'm not able to meet the expectations of my collaborators. And that bums me out. I felt like a big old failure. Mm. So I watched scary movies. I played the guitar and I cried a lot and it was, uh, it was good. But it also at the end of the day, Maddie sat me down and, and we kind of talked it through and we realized like, we're doing the best we can. Mm-hmm. We are doing the best we can. And yesterday I told her, okay, this is what I'm hoping to do with this new podcast, this new project. It aligns with what I want to do with my life a lot better than anything. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to share this with you because I think this is super important too. Okay. You guys were the first people that I interviewed when I was, <laughs> when I was nine, 10 years old, we had a little recorder in the, um, in grandma's house in Mexico. And oh, we're talking Mexico. Yeah. In Mexico. And, oh, wow. And I started my radio station. I had a radio station when I was nine years old and it was called Radio Locuras. And we had our cousins come up with fake commercials and I would interview everyone and we would talk about soccer games. We would talk about silly things. It's a tape that I don't have anymore. It's gone, but I continued doing that in. Yeah. But I I continued doing it in Evanston. Like I would take dad's stereo, the one with the karaoke, plug in the microphone and then I'd interview (laughs) myself, you know, I'd make up characters. I'd interview you and I interviewed Mm -hmm. dad too about what it's like to be a musician, what it's like to be in a band. Right. And it it blew my mind because do you remember when Maddie and I were in a car accident? Yes, okay. I did. I so do, I do. That was July 23rd of 2016. Mm-hmm. That was the day where I felt like I got a second lease on life. When I felt like I, ever since then, I've seen life in a, in a much better light. Things have mm-hmm. been easier. You know, I'm, I'm right. even though I, I get my days where I'm depressed, I mean, it didn't, it, it used to be worse yeah. just to put it yeah. that way. And two days ago, yeah, two days ago was the anniversary, the five-year anniversary of that car accident, which is a day that's very important to me. And mm-hmm. The reason I'm telling you this is because the day I, I got to work the following, the following day, like I, I went back to work like the next day and I was sitting there and you know what I said 
I wrote in my notes, it's time to start a podcast so that I can interview people about, about life, about their craft, about the mm-hmm. hardships of being an artist. Right. And, and five years later, I'm barely getting to do that because I now have the courage to do it. Mm-hmm. Even though... If you really look at the timeline, it's like the most, the most straightforward thing, the the most logical thing that I've ever wanted to do. Mm. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> like you wait and oh, you wait wow. and you wait to do something. Yeah. And here I am, decades later, doing the finally thing, thing it that I that I have always wanted to do. Oh my gosh. This is insane. And I'm up here like, like, why wait? <laughs> well, that's what I'm telling you. Yeah. Why wait? I'm like, why, 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 like, why are we waiting? Exactly. Like, why? Yeah. Yeah. So, and I, and that's why I wanted to talk to you about it today because you pursuing this, doing what you're doing is an incredibly inspirational thing every day. And I don't tell you this because I'm your older brother and I don't want you to get too cocky. You've told, you've told me uh, before, I mean, I mean, one time when I first started auditioning, we had a conversation, like a two hour conversation on the phone. I was in my car because I didn't want to go home to my crappy apartment. Oh, right, Um, right. I don't know. And we were just talking about this again. Um, I don't know if you remember this conversation, probably not. I do know a little bit. Do you? Did I say awesome things? I hope I you did. You said some things that made me feel like I need to do better. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but you were well, doing. Okay, you, that that's sibling anyway, dynamic, and I'm sorry. Okay, as, but as that comes older, out a lot. As my older brother, as my older brother, I understand. You know why you would. You know, say the things that you do, but I do remember you saying. You probably don't remember saying this, but you said thank you for doing this. Yeah, but that's. But let's bring it back because this is really important, okay? (laughs) So now we're getting somewhere. I feel that this is that same shit that it has been burdening us forever where you have an expectation to your family to do something in a very Mm -hmm. specific way to carry the rest of us along. And while I meant it in the best possible way, I think the language is a little messed up because it's almost like you owe me this, right? It's almost like saying, you can't screw this up because no. all of us are like, like going along with you kind of thing. And I never want you to feel like that. Oh, well, it never didn't. Want you- okay. It didn't, by the way. It didn't. <laughs> we're, only, but- we're only supposed to think about artistic lineage in, in a good way to inspire yeah. us and not to be burdened by it. But I was very inspired. I was very inspired. Oh, so it's a good thing. That. It was a good thing. It was a good thing. And it felt really... It just felt amazing. So to next hear you time, say I that. should. I'm just gonna tell you that you've disgraced our ancestors. You've disgraced grandpa. Grandpa, <laughs> Baba Lente is is ashamed of you right now. Like, do better. Is that what you want me to do? To actually, look. you don't have to say that because I've already felt that. I've already felt that. Oh my God! Stop. Weeks. What do no, you no, mean? No, a couple that, of weeks ago, tell me. That's that's a different story. <laughs> But I don't want to like go off a tangent talking about other things because is this a um, visitation that you had like uh, another spiritual thing that you had? No, it's fun. No, but <laughs> you see, living in Los Angeles, like the Latino community in Evanston, how big was it? Not very big at all. There were like dozens of us, like Tobias yeah, and but, the neighbor nudes. Yeah, but and then you and I were off in the theater department while every other Latino was in their little group of. Of friends doing their Mexican thing, I know, but I'm gonna say it like that because I don't know how. Stop saying that. Well, doing their Mexican things, you're one of us. I am one of us, but we were doing theater things, and anyway, the point is, aside from our little community growing up, being in Los Angeles, that was like the first time I actually experienced this Latino subculture, other people you know, around. And I have friends now who are Mexican, you know, I'm getting close with them and they're great people. They're amazing. And we were having, my roommate 
Desiree. She's Mexican. She's the I've been I've known her about a year. That's the longest friendship I've had with another Mexican who I see every single day. And it's crazy. I don't and, and well, I'm like, this is it's great. A, it's a specific situation that we were in. Like most yeah. most Mexican people were a tight knit community, but we we were theater kids. We were performing kids. And, yeah. and in our in our little community, we just didn't have those kind of same interests, so it was difficult. But yeah, it's kind of like a new a new thing that we are kind of starting to to learn a little bit more about ourselves in a way. Right. Like we're culturally getting immersed in in something that we haven't really had a chance to experience. And Pretty it sounds much. weird, but being in Wyoming, what what else did we expect? What else you is know? there? Yeah. Yeah. And so anyway, we have these neighbors downstairs who every Sunday or Saturday morning, they put on the there's Mexican music like dad used to play all the time. Right. They play that. And I'm like, I'm fine with it. It's a weekend. And then she, and my roommate's like, oh, I hate this mariachi music. <laughs> and I'm like, you what? Like, Excuse me. What did you Excuse say? me? What did you say? <laughs> and then I was just sitting and I, and I was like, you can't hate mariachi music. What do you mean? But then it's like I opened my window and I started listening to what they were playing. And I'm like, wait, that's not mariachi music. Is it? Is it not? Is it banda? And I'm like, no, it's not banda. I know what banda is. <laughs> and it was, I, and I, and I was, and then I felt bad in that moment. I'm like, my grandpa would be so freaking disappointed in me right now. Mm. Because here I am saying, what do you mean? Like, you can't hear mariachi music, but I didn't even know how to defend it. And I was like, this sucks right well, this now. Is, this is the contradiction of being, of being in the middle, right? You're pretty much straddling a fence every single day of your life where <laughs> you are, you know, it's, it's like Selena's dad said in the movie, Edward James Olmos. He said, you got to be more Mexican than the Mexicans and you got to be more American than the Americans. Yeah. And and if you fall short of that, and obviously times are changing now and you can be whatever you want to be, that's fine, but internally, yeah. you feel like you're letting a part of yourself down. And that is the burden that we carry as children of of immigrants. We are we are not exclusively one thing or the other. And sometimes we forget, like I forget, you know, stuff about my family. I forget stuff about my culture and I, I'm like, yeah, huh, yeah. I'm I'm really bad. But then somebody looks at me and it's like you're not supposed to be here because I'm still in Wyoming. You know, I get some mm -hmm. glares every now and then. You're just like, all right, you know, <laughs> neither here wow. nor there. Nor there. Friend. We're just yeah. in limbo living and, our best lives, I guess. But it, but it means that we have to be more forgiving of ourselves. We can't beat each other. We can't beat ourselves up about something that is that is almost beyond our control. We can just do the best we can with mm -hmm. with who we are. Obviously, right. we want to grow. We want to keep getting better. If I need to pick up a book about mariachi history, if I need to right. look at you know the history of my family, where it came from, that's great. That's what I've been trying to do um, ever since that moment. And it's happened to me twice with my roommate and with another friend who's like, I hate this mariachi music. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's not mariachi music. If you listen to real mariachi music, you would love it. But I couldn't even like name I'm like an artist or right. So next anybody. time, right, if if yeah. you do want to bring up that conversation, then make sure that you have the goods. To and I even asked, and I even asked mom, I told her about it and I'm like, mom, I'm not sure if I, I, I don't think it was mariachi, but it's because I'm like, oh, I think that's just ranchero music. People probably don't even know what that is, but well, I'm like, they, but, they confuse it. And, and I think that's the best weapon and, and not, for not me, to use it poorly is to, is to just inform ourselves a little bit more well i just yeah and i was like mom is ranchero a separate genre is it a separate, it is a separate kind of genre. style and that's what i didn't i felt bad because i didn't know if it was actually different or not if you know and i didn't really know how yeah. else to defend you know i can and see I got you offended. having i i can he see you having like night sweats and nightmares about this it's like ah oh, <laughs> i almost no, no for real. And I was like, <laughs> and coming back to what you said before, yes, like I did, I did feel like my grandpa, like my Pavalente would be disappointed in me for not, for not knowing for, not forgetting, but just for not, well, you, you know, know, Pavalente was very forgiving. 
Yeah. And then so I have this. Uh, worry about. Since you gave me the password to your Spotify account, I created a playlist. Oh, good. On there. And, yeah. and that's the messed up thing, too. Speaking of music, okay, I just got to tell you this. I have these moments of, of like, I do listen to like traditional Mexican music and like the ballads of the 70s. I listen to Jose Jose. Oh, shoot. It cut out again. It cut out again. Let me pause it. Hey, can you hear me? Any speaking of music, what? Yeah. So, speaking of music, I'm on Spotify a lot and I'm adding, I got my awesome playlists. I listen to like Spanish singer songwriters like um, Jose Luis Perales, Mosedades, you know, the stuff that my mom and dad used to listen to, our mom and dad, as yeah. well as like Jose Jose, Los Panchos, and all those. But I, I don't listen to them as much as I should, maybe. Mm-hmm. And I'm on YouTube all the time. I'm always finding new music. And this last week, I've been getting into into some like house music, you know, like like just really awesome, like percussive, fun and yeah. light music because I, I just really just want to have a good time and just dance mm-hmm. in the kitchen. And <laughs> I, I found a lot of awesome channels uh, of house music. And then it sent me down this rabbit hole of ethnic house music world music that is also like house music so it's like (laughs) but then you hear like a sitar or you hear like um like some middle eastern like like vocalizing in the background and cool shit like that i'm falling in love with it but then like i sit down and i'm like maybe i should be listening to you know the, to, the, to the stuff that my, yeah that my ancestors liked and maybe get yeah. <laughs> more of that influence and and then i feel like like some kind of like you know hipster western world mm-hmm. uh first world problems kind of you know right. junkie trying to find some cool hip music from somewhere else from a different country right. that i don't know anything about and listen that's like 50% right. And the other 50% just wants to be okay. You know, yeah. I just want to smile a little bit, dance a little bit, and then I'll get yeah. to listen to this other music too, you know? Right. But we can't beat ourselves up about it. We're still Mexican. It doesn't go away. We are. You know? We are. You we know, are. You, you think people look at me and I'm like, Mexican. oh, are you a Jaime or are you a James? Because you look <laughs> white AF. That never happens oh and that's God. never going to happen. So right. I am 100%. In the middle. <laughs> yeah. I think we're all in the middle. I yeah. think we are. But, so I'm but sorry. That was no, a, I mean, a ramble. No, no, no. I, that's a great ramble talking about music and everything. But yeah, I think it's great. You know, you do what you want to do. We'll always be Mexican no matter what. Sometimes even more Mexican than the Mexicans I, over here. I tell you what you need to do. You need to start a series or something in Spanish. So that you can get in on the on the Latino market for I have an idea. I have an idea and Don't I give it away. Told... Tell me after. I'm not gonna tell you right now. Is it special? I was gonna say I'm not I'm not gonna tell you right now. Okay. And I mean I wasn't gonna tell you anything, but you brought it up. <laughs> well you never <laughs> but listen, I respect I that though. L- listen, I, no, I I do acknowledge no, this and this is I totally becoming a sibling conversation episode and i i don't know how interesting it's going to be to many people but i have to let this off my chest i know that i come off a little bit abrasive because i care about you and your talent but i also care about the craft yeah so when those things like just kind of butt heads i sound like an a-hole and i'm very sorry i apologize that's fine so i respect it you know do your thing you just get now I, I just say, I told myself, it's okay, Brenda. He's just very excited. Just listen. He cares about you. You're both exactly. passionate about and, this. And you, you take it or leave it, right? And then, yeah. yeah but no, I mean, I was going to say, I'm not going to tell anybody about this idea until I finish my first idea, which I haven't even started. And yeah, I can't. You got you to get I, on that. That's I no way to live. It's not a way to live. And you're probably going to be like, why are you waiting? Like we were saying before. But, but, you know, I'm in the same boat though. I'm in the same boat. I have a like endless things that I want to do, but I just can't. It's, there's only so many hours, but as long as we are making gradual progress towards these things, that's all that matters. That's really it. So I do this whole, you know, series 
uh, something about in, in Spanish. I did, I do, I do have an idea. You know, I just feel like we come up with the same things and we just don't tell each other until we tell each other. We realize we've been thinking about the same things. It's completely crazy, but no, it's just, it's good intuition. You know what yeah. works, you know, what's interesting. Yeah. So, but no, I think, cause I see, I do pay attention to what they're filming now with all of these uh, stories about Latinos, you know, Lin-Manuel Miranda, he made in the Heights right. and everything. Did you see it? And I did see it. Did you love I did. it? I, I haven't wait, seen wait. it. Wait, wait. Oh, I was going to say, have you seen it? I have not, Honestly, but I'll, I'll give you my opinions I, on Lynn here in a little bit. I think it was well written, well done. I honestly, for two hours and 30 minutes, I think it didn't feel like it was that long. Mm. I think it was a beautiful story. I like that, you know, we weren't depicted as like criminals or, you know, anything negative like that. Right. Um, that you could really see how there was this sense of like community and we're all in this together kind of situation, which mm -hmm. I thought was nice. Yeah. But did I feel like I could connect to the story? Did I see myself in there? No. That's a good point. Cause that, that was really, I mean, I know the play cause I, um, we haven't seen it, but I listened to the soundtrack enough that I, I know it. It's not mm -hmm. like, let me tell you this about Lin-Manuel Miranda, because he's in trouble right now because of that movie. Um, because of the Washington Heights neighborhood is mm -hmm. predominantly Afro Latino. They yeah. were, he got a lot of backlash for that. I don't know if you, if you heard that, but yes. yeah, this is my biggest issue. Like Hamilton was a masterpiece. Hamilton is, is one of the great plays of, of our generation of our lifetime without mm -hmm. a doubt. But I feel that Lin-Manuel right now is so hot that he has become the face of an entire group of people that cannot be yeah. represented by one person. So yeah. I'm, I'm a little tired of seeing like Lin-Manuel Miranda again representing everyone. He's yeah. insanely talented, but he shouldn't have the burden of representing an entire That's group true. of people. That's um, true. But I didn't like in the heights because it just it didn't speak to me like it. Like you said, it's right. not um, the the context. I mean, I'm not everyone's from New York. Not everyone's from. Right. Like, right. So but. it's like so I saw. Yeah, no, like I think that's what I was going to say. Like they, they're putting so much pressure on this guy to be the face for this entire community. And I'm like thinking, well, people. Like for me personally, I could have been one of those people that comments, oh, you know, this is not even like, you know, there was this one comment, not enough Afro-Latino representation, blah, blah, blah. And I'm thinking, well, you know, I think there's just so much diversity, even within our Latino community, one musical, that's not going to be enough. You guys got to think about problem. it. This there... is just This is just the start of many more projects to come. You know, this is just one, sure. one thing, mm -hmm. you know, it's like, don't get angry because of this one. Uh, well, it needs know, time, you know. And I, yeah, I, I yeah. do agree, but I think the issue is still systemic. You know, Hollywood executives and the people who actually finance these movies, they mm -hmm. only see money, right? They only yeah. see Lin Manuel Miranda is guaranteed tickets, you know, that are going to be sold. So let's give right. him another movie. He's got another one coming up for Disney or Netflix. Um, for, and, about. It's like a magical house in Colombia. It's like, why don't you get a yeah. Colombian writer to write that one? You know, right. that's, that's right. the thing that, you know, as much as I, you can't deny Lin-Manuel Miranda's talent, his right. genius, but he shouldn't right. have to tell a story about Mexico now or Colombia or the next right. thing. Just, it's not like there's one person who's really good at this, you know? Right. And it's laziness on behalf of the industry. But yeah. this is somebody who's completely disconnected from that system, who has no real sense of what that mm -hmm. entails, but that is right. what it looks like from the outside. Right. And I'm getting on my soapbox here, so I'm sorry. No, no, it's cool. Like, Lemon Roll Miranda's cool, from. but just give him no, a, he's give him a break. No, he's talented. He's great, but give him <laughs> a break. I agree. And like I said, I didn't hate the movie. I didn't, you know, nothing against it. It was great. You know, I give it five stars honestly, but I just, 
there's a whole lot of oh you know what finally a film with like an all latino cast blah 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 i'm like that's great but it's not everyone's story you know right. and like i said i did i feel like i could connect with the story that i feel like you know i feel like a lot of people just said okay this is what all latinos are going through and are like and that's not true because well, it's, thinking, it's also destructive to the to the story that it's trying to tell because when you're trying to cover all those bases it's mm-hmm. very difficult to to get the audience to really relate to the one thing that you're trying to say and it waters down the message possibly and again not not to say that like the story might be problematic you know uh, i don't know the actual script i just know the music but at the same right. time, yeah, maybe you should have included more Afro-Latino people in this particular story because that is the world that that we live in, you know, and or that right. Afro-Latino community, like people live in. But then, um, yeah. But then again, I mean, yeah, he could have included more Afro-Latinos, but I don't think it's it should be a big deal that he didn't because this is just to me. I see it as the first of many other things to come because well, that's, like that's said, you being optimistic, though. That's like, me being optimistic, you know. That's what I choose. That I choose to be optimistic. But I, I think uh, Afro-Latino people will be like, no, well, we haven't been seen for you know a very long time, and that's that's legitimate too. Like, yeah. it's it's one of those things where um, we're just going to have to keep looking forward that maybe we'll get more stuff done. But the imperative being that people of color can't stop creating, okay? Because mm-hmm. if Hollywood's not going to do it, if these major studios are not going to do it. We have, we have a responsibility as artists to do that, to get the work out there so that now with the beauty of the internet, we can have people experience stories that include them in, right. you know, in out there, you know, we need those things to exist. So, um, yeah. Is there anything that you want to add? Because I, we're almost at an hour and, um, <laughs> Maddie and our son want to say hi to you because they miss you. Okay. So, um, is there anything that you'd like to add about <laughs> what you have been through as an artist so far and what you're looking forward to do? What I'm looking forward to? Well, because I know you and I haven't talked in a while. So yeah. update on my life. Well, <laughs> no pressure. And I, okay, so honestly, I'm just looking forward to... After the summer, you know, I'm just hoping that things pick up again in the industry as far as auditions and, you know, new projects, because right before the pandemic, you know, thanks to this, uh, to my first feature, I was getting a lot of great opportunities to audition for these casting directors and these studios and these shows that are, you know, that's what I want. I want to be, even if I don't book something, that's what we all want over here. We all just want mm. to be seen by, you know, this person who could make or break your career basically. Like, but I want mm. to be able to, you know, just continue auditioning, continue training. Cause even though I haven't been able to put my ideas onto paper yet, at least I'm working on it in a different way, which is, you know, I'm auditioning for these people. I'm studying for it, but I'm not completely abandoning what I want to do. So mm-hmm. I'm right. excited about that. In general, I'm just excited for, you know, things to be better, I guess. <laughs> we're getting um, back I'm just to trying normal. To be, yeah. I guess, you know, we're getting back to normal. But California, we have a mask mandate again. But I'm like, okay, it is what it is. But I'm just, you know, I just want to be more involved like I was before. I told myself, because before, before the pandemic, I just wanted to, I was ready to like take everything on. I really thought it really did kill the momentum, didn't it? It, it It, really messed that up. It did because I know even back then, you know, we're all, we're all busy, but like I did have callbacks for some really great things mm-hmm. and even though i didn't book it i at least had callbacks which is more than a lot of artists and actors here some people because i remember i worked at a talent agency do you remember of course and there were actors that that would never get not even an audition mm. so to go as far as a callback 
that's just, you know, it's great. Mm-hmm. So I'm just really excited to, you know, hopefully get back to in-person auditions, hopefully get back to in-person classes and make and feel like I'm actually like, you know, doing something um, again. And not only that, um, and I know we've been talking about like being artists and being creatives ourselves, but um, I'm also trying to like work out again. So (laughs) I'm just excited to do that. We got to get rid of the COVID-19. We have to get healthier because I don't want to die tomorrow. I would ideally like to have a couple of years and you need to do the same. Take care of yourself. Same. Yeah. I'm just excited for everyone to move forward and see i'm not just thinking about me i just want world <laughs> peace now you're, want... now you're being a child of the universe now you're uh, spreading the love no like i i'm just excited for everything to to get better and you know hopefully people come around and you know help one another mm. is that enough i don't know i, I don't so. know that's all we can do that's but... all we can ask for and while we, um, yeah, while we're struggling and, and trying to push through this difficult time, the best thing we can do is be kind to each other, help each other out, make each other laugh and, uh, yeah. you know, part around every now and then, but continue to move forward. That's all we can right. do. So that's all we can do basically. So thanks yep. for, uh, talking to me for a little bit. I, I'm very proud of you. And Thank if you. anyone's listening out there, please go and watch The Laundromat on Netflix. Um, my sister's in it. She's wonderful. And uh, I'll probably talk to you soon. I'll have you on And by later. the way, and I know that you're like, oh, I'm so proud of you, but you are one of the few people that actually did inspire me to pursue this at first. Not only was it something that I felt I had to do, but you being in theater in high school and everything and creating your own movies really had a lot to do with it. So Loki, you did give me a lot of courage. I just never say that to you because Let me say something to you real quick. No yours. Don't cry. Too late. Okay. <laughs> well, uh at least you got to cry before I did because I'm I'm gonna cry right now. Thank you. Well I cried yesterday, so I'm good. <laughs> We're just a, a crying family, like every other day for us. It's just a no big deal. Pretty much. I'm just crying all the time. That's who we are. All right. We're gonna well, we're gonna stop the show now, but thank you so much. Okay. Um and uh I love you. Take care. Bye. Okay, don't hang up. I'll talk to you in a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> okay. Okay. Take care, I, everyone. I know I'm still here.